Welcome to Habits for your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so that you have the courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado, and we're going to spend the next couple of weeks looking at the shadow roles in my relationship framework, partner, friend, and lover. Today, I'll introduce you to the saboteur, the shadow side of the partner. You'll understand why the saboteur is controlling and critical, and you'll get a magic question that tames the saboteur so it doesn't take over your relationship. Is your sweetheart controlling or judgmental? Does your sweetheart keep score? These are the typical shadow qualities of the partner. Remember my marriage framework? It's made up of the friend who provides companionship, the lover who explores excitement, and the partner who helps you get stuff done. The partner is achievement-oriented and the engine of your relationship. When the partner feels overworked, underappreciated, or invisible, the shadow, who I call the saboteur, shows up. The saboteur is controlling and judgmental. When your sweetheart becomes a saboteur instead of a partner, their help feels bossy and their initiative feels like they're attacking you. We'll take a deep dive today into the saboteur, the shadow of the partner. Then in coming weeks, we'll do the same for the shadows of the friend and the lover. The saboteur is likely to show up if you're exhausted, if you're juggling more than your fair share of the workload, or if you grew up in a home where you were only loved for what you did rather than who you are. The saboteur is also likely to make an appearance if your love language is acts of service and you're not careful about resting and caring for yourself in addition to caring for your sweetheart or your home. Here's an example of a challenging partnership relationship. See if you've recognized yourself or your sweetheart. Pam and Lila have been married three years. The first two years were full of bliss. Pam, who's a little bit more introverted than Lila, was invigorated as Lila dragged her out to concerts or taught her to mountain bike ride. Lila, whose mantra is jump before you look, felt supported by Pam. Pam always comes prepared. She has the headlamp, some sunscreen, and an extra coat. In the past year, however, some tension has been growing in their relationship. Pam is weary of always being the responsible one. And Lila feels frustrated because every time she loads the dishwasher, Pam comes behind her and rearranges the dishes. Pam feels taken for granted. And Lila feels like she'll never measure up to Pam's standards. This is a classic conundrum in relationships where one person's partner mode is more developed than their sweethearts. There's no magic formula for partner, lover, and friend. What lets you and your sweetheart create your happily ever after is that you're able to notice imbalances between those three roles and then communicate effectively about habits that will restore the balance to your relationship. Today's habit will help you keep the partner balanced so you see less of the saboteur. The partner keeps the light bill paid and the food in the fridge. It's a big job. 
So don't expect that you and your sweetheart will magically have a perfectly balanced partner relationship. You'll suffer missteps and miscommunications as you dial in that balance that works well for your relationship. Pam and Lila have an imbalance when it comes to the partnership in their relationship. As I tell you their story, who do you relate to, Pam or Lila? Notice. Yesterday, Lila had an old friend text her to say she was in town and could they get together? Always the jump in first person, Lila texted back inviting the friend for dinner. Then Lila mentioned the dinner invite to Pam when she got home and Pam wrinkled her nose when Lila told her, I was looking forward to a quiet weekend, said Pam. Oh, you want me to ask her to meet me at a restaurant? Asked Lila. No, said Pam, it'll be okay. And I do want to meet her. I just don't want to stay up too late. This is where their Friday night conversation ends, but there are things that weren't said, as you'll see in a minute. The next day, Lila sleeps late, as she does most Saturday mornings. Her job is demanding, and she loves a restful weekend. She moseys downstairs into the kitchen about 11 o'clock in the morning, makes a pot of coffee, and begins scrolling through her phone. Pam emerges from around the corner, carrying a bucket, which she fills at the sink with hot soapy water. Check this out, says Lila, showing Pam a cat meme. Cat, a converter. Pam glances at Lila's phone, but doesn't say anything. Instead, she grabs the bucket and a sponge from under the sink and heads out to the porch. She washes off the porch and chairs. She grabs a broom, sweeps down the spiderwebs from the corner, and then she goes back inside to retrieve the laundry she started first thing this morning. Pam gathers cushion covers from the dryer and heads back out to the porch to put them onto the porch cushions. Lila stops her as she passes through the kitchen. Check this one out, says Lila. And that's when Pam explodes. I've been up since 7.30 cleaning this house, so we have a nice dinner on the porch this weekend while you laze around. I am sick of being your slave. Lila is dumbfounded. She hasn't even finished her first cup of coffee. I didn't ask you to get up early, Pam. I didn't tell you to clean the porch. But you invited your friend for dinner, says Pam. Dinner doesn't make itself. The porch won't magically get cleaned. Let's pause for a moment to look at what's happening. Lila loves novelty. She's a great lover. She keeps their relationship fresh. But Lila isn't always great at seeing the details that help to bring her great adventure ideas across the finish line. That's a big reason that she and Pam are a good match. Pam, who never misses a detail, backfills to turn Lila's great ideas into reality. Pam appreciates how exciting Lila is, and details are her forte, so she's happy to add the practicality to Lila's jump-first lifestyle. Until. Until she feels taken for granted, or until she's tired, or until there's just been too many ideas and not enough partner energy from Lila. Lila doesn't naturally see the tasks that need to get done in order to have her friend come for dinner. Lila would typically begin to think about dinner about 15 minutes before the friend arrives. Pam began thinking about details last night, right after Lila mentioned the friend coming. Lila isn't engaging any partner energy. Pam can feel that lack, so Pam doubles down. On partner energy to compensate. This is when any relationship is at risk for the saboteur to show up. At this point, who are you relating to, Pam or Lila? 
Are you good at generating ideas but not as good at the practical follow-through? Or do you see the details immediately and take on more than your fair share? Here's a quick quiz to know if you're more likely to become the saboteur or if you're a reluctant partner. When it comes to chores, you're most likely to A, spend time searching through the text chain because you are absolutely sure your sweetheart promised to pick up toilet paper last week and there's no toilet paper now. Or B, gather together a list, get busy working, and hand out assignments to anyone who's not contributing. Or C, wait to be told how you can help, then pitch in where you're told. Or D, announce you're hungry in hopes your sweetheart has a dinner idea. If you answered A or B, you'll want to keep a lookout for the saboteur shadow. If you answered C or D, you're in reluctant partner territory and you run the risk of taking your sweetheart for granted. Let's get back to Pam and Lila. Remember that Pam was frantically cleaning spider webs while Lila was looking at cat memes on her phone. Pam is sick of being Lila's slave. What Pam doesn't consider, though, is that Lila would be completely fine sitting beneath spider webs. So it won't occur to Lila to hop on that chore. Lila gets defensive. How was I supposed to know all these chores had to get done? Pam puts down her stack of cushion covers. Why do I have to be responsible for being the organizer, the planner, and the executor? Pam feels like the work falls on her shoulders because Lila invites the friends, but doesn't think about how much effort it takes to get dinner on the table for a crew of folks. I never asked you to sweep spiderwebs, Pam. Lila puts down her phone and crosses her legs. You always do this. You have this invisible list and you start marching down the list and you get mad at me because I'm not helping. Tears fill Pam's eyes, but she doesn't let them fall. I just want things to be nice. I want our guests to feel valued. Tears scare Lila. Tears in Pam's eyes mean Lila is about to feel guilty. Lila is tired because no matter how hard she tries, she never measures up to Pam's invisible standards. She pushes the guilt away. Pam, everyone who comes to our house feels like royalty. I just don't want to have to feel like a slave all day so we can have dinner with friends. Pam's tears turn to darts. But you're okay with me being the slave? No, protests Lila. I am not okay with that at all. I wish you'd let yourself do less. Then why do you expect so much? Asked Pam. Lila's mystified. What, what makes you think I expect you to sweep away the spider webs? Let's pause again here to bring you an explanation of how the saboteur works. Remember that the saboteur is the shadow of the partner. The partner is that engine that keeps all the details of life running smoothly. A helpful partner is essential to your happily ever after. A saboteur, however, is too much of that good thing. A good thing taken to an extreme can wreak havoc, and that's what's happening here. Once Pam is in saboteur territory, that runaway train has a momentum all its own. One of the traits of the saboteur is that the saboteur keeps score. That saboteur inside Pam is about to show Lila how uneven 
the score has become. Pam crosses the kitchen and pulls open the bottom drawer. See this drawer? See how clean it is? Lila answers cautiously, yes. She folds her elbows on the table, creating a tower with her arms. What does this drawer have to do with spider webs? Last Thanksgiving, Pam is angry now and shouting, when your family was here and your mother opened this drawer and saw mouse poop, you told her we were savages and that she should be glad we cook with a stove instead of over the fire. <laughs> Lila's face is blank. She has absolutely no idea wh where Pam is going. Did you ever clean the mouse poop? Pam isn't asking. She's accusing. No, no, says Lila. Exactly. Pam has proven her point. She has nothing else to say, and she storms out of the room. This is the dance of the saboteur. Does something like this ever happen at your house? Lila is stunned and exhausted. This is how conversations with Pam go. Lila wants to have a relaxed dinner with Pam and her friend. She wants to linger over her morning coffee, then maybe think about the friend and dinner. But suddenly Pam's furious about something that happened months ago. Lila doesn't even remember the mouse poop incident with her mom. If we leave these two unresolved like this, Lila will quote unquote make nice like a little puppy circling around Pam's feet because even though she still doesn't know what's wrong, she desperately wants to make it right. Pam will eventually pet puppy Lila because she hates feeling like the bitch who's always angry. But she won't forget about the mouse drawer, and now she'll add the spider webs, and soon the list of things Lila doesn't tend to will be so long it will strangle them both. Exhausting, right? So what helps? If Pam and Lila both refuse to tell and to hear the whole story that's unfolding in this moment, their relationship will get more and more imprisoned. Pam will get more resentful and controlling, Lila will get more distant and, quote, oblivious. The problem is that they both have their own version of what's happening, and they're not telling each other those stories. But they each assume their version of the story is the universal truth. In order to cultivate your happily ever after, you need to be able to hear your sweetheart's version of the truth. How do you do that? If you're like Pam and feel like you're always the one working and never getting the help you need, here's your magical phrase. What's happening in your mind right now? Tell me the whole story that I can't see. The key words for you are the story I can't see. This signals to your sweetheart that you are open to a version of the truth other than your own. That's probably going to be tough for you. If you're caught up in the spell of the saboteur, the saboteur is always right, critical of others, and exceptional at keeping score. But remember, the reason the saboteur shows up is that the partner, that wonderful engine who keeps life chugging along, has been overworked or underappreciated. So the saboteur feels like they are entitled to be angry. They're sick of so much work. It's really tough for the saboteur to ask this question. I know. I, I was a regular visitor of the saboteur shadow. Maybe I did do most of the work, but I was drowning in self-righteousness, and I could feel my chance of happily ever after disappearing. I was like Pam. 
if Pam said this magic phrase to Lila, what's happening in your mind right now, Lila? Tell me the whole story that I can't see. Then Lila would be able to say, if I clean the spider webs, you'll want me to pot the plants. If I pot the plants, you'll want me to hose off the porch. The jobs will never end, Pam. You always want more. I'll never measure up. This is how reluctant partners feel and why they have no motivation to, quote, wake up out of their oblivion to the tasks of an equal partnership. The saboteur is always critical. So a reluctant partner gives up. They tune out. They become even more oblivious to jobs than they were in the past. If you are likely to succumb to the saboteur shadow, this is how your sweetheart feels. I know how hard it is for you to even imagine a world other than your own. I know that you feel overworked. And now I'm inviting you to do even more by reaching out to your sweetheart and hear things from their side. I know this is hard and not fair. But this is the way to break the spell of the saboteur's shadow. I will give you a thousand gold stars if you're able to try practicing this little phrase. What's happening in your mind right now? Tell me about what I can't see. These magic words open your heart and mind to a different possibility. That teeny tiny window of possibility, the possibility that there's there is even another way to view the world is key to unlocking your happily ever after when you're a saboteur. And if this is you, and you have a moment when you're able to use this magic phrase, text me at 970-210-4480 because I want to shower you with gold stars. It's hard to do that. Now let's look at how Lila could handle this moment. If you're more like Lila and you feel like there's a secret list that you can't see but you're expected to do those chores or you'll get the stink eye, your phrase is, tell me the whole story of blank and then fill in the blank with the very specific moment at hand. Today, Lila has modified the magical phrase and she says, tell me the whole story about the mouse drawer, Pam. This is magical. Suddenly, Pam feels seen. She's going to get a chance to talk about her invisible work. Pam looks down at her socks on her feet. When your mom was here, she opened that drawer and she was horrified that we had mouse poop in one of our drawers. And then you told her we were savages, but you never cleaned that drawer. Three weeks after your mom left, there was still mouse poop in that drawer. Lila says, <laughs> that is because I don't care about mouse poop in that drawer. Well, then why are you telling your mom we're savages? Pam, look, because I know that no matter how hard we try, my mom is going to find fault with something in our home. I figured I'd scored with the mouse poop drawer. My mom sees I'm a failure. I tell, your, tell her, yep, that's true. And then we all move on. But you're not a failure. Pam's eyes are soft now, and the tears that she was holding back begin to fall. Oh, sweetheart says Lila. I know that. Lila wraps her arms around Pam. Did you clean the mouse poop out of that drawer? Pam nods. Why? Because you weren't doing it, said Pam. Spoken like an overworked partner turned saboteur. 
But this is the magic of that super specific phrase, tell me the whole story of blank. Lila suddenly can see how Pam's attention to details is actually deeply caring and full of concern for her. When you're trying to forge your partnership relationship, there will be chores you'll be able to let go of because they just don't matter to you. Like Lila doesn't care about the mouse poop drawer or the spider webs. But there are jobs your sweetheart can't let go of. And not only can they not let go of them, they can't imagine a world where someone can let go of those jobs. Your permission can free your sweetheart from the grip of the saboteur. Lila pulls back from her hug and looks Pam in the eyes. I wasn't cleaning that drawer because I feel helpless against the mice. I clean the drawer. They come back and poop some more. What made you think it was your job to clean that drawer? Pam said, I hated that look in your mom's eyes, like she believed you were so lame. I don't want you to believe that about yourself. This is why you and your sweetheart need to shine a light on your lists. Pam was certain cleaning the mouse poop was on Lila's list because she told her mom only savages live in a house with mouse poop. Lila tightens her hug around Pam again. Pammy, you see every detail. You take such good care of us. But just because you see all the details doesn't mean all the details are yours to take care of. Lila's reluctant partner gets an education. Pam's saboteur is tamed. Lila sees how Pam's love arrives in a river of details. And Pam is freed from her list. And she's able to let tasks drop. This week's habit for your happily ever after is to discover if you are more a Pam or a Lila. Do you tend more toward the saboteur or the reluctant partner? You'll know to be wary of the saboteur if you tend to keep score about chores and tasks or you feel overworked or underappreciated, or your sweetheart never helps and you have to do all the work. You might be a reluctant partner if you can't be bothered with the details of living, cleaning, meal prep, shopping. You're always playing catch up. Oh, there's nothing to eat. Uh, I guess we'll order a pizza. Why does it help to know your tendency? Both the saboteur and the reluctant partner can damage your happily ever after. When you identify your tendency, you can work to mitigate those damaging behaviors. If you notice that you tend toward the saboteur, you can be mindful of times you're tempted to keep score, be critical, or over control. What tasks can you take off your list and give yourself a break? If you notice you tend toward the reluctant partner, you can actively look for opportunities to pitch in so that you do your fair share. What task can you put on your list today and own that task going forward? What does this mean for the Pams of the world? You've probably picked a Lila because you don't want to be constantly identified by the chores you do, yet you don't know how to do less. Lucky you. You married a teacher. Your Lila will help you see what you can let go of and then how to stop caring what other people think, even your mother-in-law. What does this mean for the Lilas of the world? 
You've probably picked a Pam because you don't want to be caught unaware, failing to do your fair part to help. Lucky you. You married someone who won't let you forget. Be grateful your Pam sees the list and more. Then be assertive about saying no to the more. We've arrived at our date night discussion. And this week, use the magical phrase, I want to hear the whole story. Conversations about chores can cause conflict. When you ask to hear the whole story and you're truly curious, you diffuse that conflict. I invite you to do something truly challenging this week. Dig up one of those loaded conversations you and your sweetheart constantly circled back to about shared work cleaning the bathroom or paying the bills or walking the dog. Talk about that challenging topic when you're not in the midst of a disagreement and not upset, and you'll find you can be more curious. Hold on to your magic phrase with the intention of listening to the entirety of your sweetheart's whole story. If you tend toward the saboteur, your phrase is, What's happening right now in your mind? What's the whole story that I can't see? If you tend toward the reluctant partner, your phrase is, tell me the whole story of blank. And then insert a very specific moment of conflict. Lila asked, tell me the whole story of the mouse poop drawer. When you use this magic phrase, I want to hear the whole story, you give your sweetheart room to be right room to want what they want. Listen. Then listen longer. You're going to want to give up on the listening and defend yourself or argue or contradict. Don't. Instead, keep circling back saying, tell me the whole story. What else is part of the story you haven't told me yet? Why does this help? A big part of shared work is understanding each other. What does your partner value? Do you value the same things? When you realize you share the same values, then you can ask yourself, am I carrying a fair share of the load? When you realize you don't share the same values, you can politely and kindly make that known. Lila didn't need to sweep away spider webs to feel ready to invite guests. Is there something that your sweetheart considers shared work, but you don't value the outcome of that task? Kindly make this known. Who knows? You might be letting your sweetheart off the hook for work your sweetheart thought was mandatory. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. 
I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.